Welcome to the 34 Circe Salon. We journey from the ancient world to the cosmos. Take the adventure, Take with, the adventure us. With, us. with us. With us. With us. With us. With us. century before Christ. It is an age when the Republic was changing into an empire. When hungry and ambitious men sought the power and the might of the state for themselves alone. Into this world of master and slave came a figure known as Spartacus. Now, how's that for an intro? Hey folks, welcome to the 34 Circe Salon. This is the Parallax channel, and we are talking about classical world in Hollywood and classical world at the movies. And this week we are gonna be talking Spartacus, and who better to talk with us than the one, the only, Dr. Gary Stickle. Welcome, Gary. Hi, Sean, nice to be back, great to be back. So, Gary, I started off uh, playfully with the opening about Rome. Let's talk about Spartacus. We, I think we both agree that this is the premier film, the premier, as they used to call it, sword and sandal epic. That means a film about the ancient world, the old days, the warriors with their swords and their sandals and the, 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 the attire of the ancient world. I think both you and I agree that this is the premier work, the work against which all other works about the ancient world are judged, particularly about, let's, let's maybe be specific, the Greco-Roman world. Would you agree? Well, not only do I agree with that, I, I think it's the best sword and sandal movie ever made, regardless of where it's ancient Egypt, Rome, or Greece. I think it's okay. better than right. Gladiator, you know, the, the movie Gladiator mm -hmm. back in uh, 2000 or 2001, whatever. With Russell Crowe. So there's a few things about this film that I want, we're going to explore. Now, one of the things about the film is, of course, the film itself, the, the great Stanley Kubrick, who was the director, the great Kirk Douglas, who's the producer, the force behind this, and the star of the movie. There are loads of amazing stars. Laurence Olivier, considered by many one of the greatest actors to have ever lived. Amazing work. Dalton Trumbo, the writer, one of the great writers, screenwriters in Hollywood history, and someone who was blacklisted. So this film takes place, it is created in a time in America where America has just left World War II as the single great power in the world. And so there's definitely, there's definitely a parallel with what was happening in Rome. So let's, let me just give a setting a little bit and let's talk about it for what Rome was like. So Spartacus is a film. Um, great work about a slave uprising in ancient Rome. It takes place in the first century before Christ. So it takes place in the first century BC. And it takes place at a time when Rome is still a republic. So in this first century, Rome is making, is going to transition from being a republic, a place where the, the very term of king was despised. 
A Roman just thought it beneath him to ever, ever bow to a king. It went from a, a, a that kind of republic into an imperial state, a state ruled by a single man, a Caesar. And it's named after Julius Caesar, who appears in this movie. Um, so the setting for this is before the switch. What happens is there is a um, there are a few factions that develop in the first century BC. Um, triumvirates, uh, groups of three men uh, who um, work together, vie for power or vie for power against other people in the state. And this takes place at, at the time when Caesar is young. So once Caesar makes the run at power, Julius Caesar, and then is, is killed, is assassinated, there was another fight for power among three, uh, and particularly in particular Octavius, who becomes Augustus, Caesar Augustus, and Brut and uh, sorry, Mark Anthony. So we end up with that showdown, which is ultimately won by Octavius, who becomes Augustus. This film takes place just before those events. This film takes place just before the Republic, but it's set in a time when the Republic is becoming this place where ambitious men are vying to be in great power. And one of the the measures of power is slaves, slavery, owning slaves. And uh, another way slave, uh, another way power is expressed and shown is in the gladiator ring by watching and making other men fight to the death for your entertainment. And Spartacus is about both. Spartacus is a slave who is taken to a gladiator school to become a gladiator, and then he starts an uprising, a revolt. So that's Rome at that time. Now, America at that time is going through something interesting. America is going through this transition from being this isolationist country, which we had been prior to World War I. We were already transitioning. But that period of transition where we transitioned from being isolationist America to some call it imperial America. I just call it expansionist America, global America, because we've won World War II. Most of the world is decimated by the war. America is mostly intact. You know, obviously we had the attack on Pearl Harbor, but our industry, everything is, is we come out of the war almost unscathed as, a, as an economic entity. So we come out as the great power and we do have a showdown against the communist realm. So we're, we are, we do have this, this conflict, but we're this great power. So that communist conflict produces this um, clampdown, kind of the way an empire would do, and clampdown on people who may seem like they're dissidents. And that's where this, the context of the movie being written by Dalton Trumbo takes place. It, it's, it's in a context of there is a hunt for communists in America. People are being blacklisted. People are being prevented from working. They're to, made to turn on each other. And so you have that occurring and you have a film about, you know, people trying to, again, in ancient Rome, enforce their power, squeeze down on those that are beneath them to control them. So you've got the parallel. That's our setting. So Gary, yeah. tell us about your feeling on Spartacus. What is it that brings you into this film? Why do you like it so much? Well, I think it's it's got a great, sophisticated script. Like you mentioned, uh, Dalton Trumbo, who was blacklisted, you know, because uh, the McCarthyism, you know, the witch hunt for communists and all that sort of thing. And he mm -hmm. was a communist. 
but he was also a great screenwriter, and Kirk Douglas, to his credit, recognized that. And um, he asked him to do the screenplay, and he wrote a fantastic screenplay. And then the studio wanted him to use a pseudonym because they're afraid that uh, there'd be a backlash against the movie if Dalton Trumbull's name was on it. And to Kirk Douglas's credit, he said, no, no, I'm going to give him the credit he deserves, and he doesn't deserve to be uh, mistreated or blacklisted at all. So I think Kirk Douglas was courageous in that. And it paid off because the movie, and like Gladiator, which is similar and, you know, about a, uh, a man forced to become a gladiator. Uh, but that was just a, a one note, you know, pony. Whereas Spartacus is complex. It has the story of Spartacus, who was a Greek from uh, the area of Thrace, um, who initially, <clears throat> you know, I think he actually worked for the Romans, um, you know, what do you call it, as, as a paid warrior. Um, and uh, But eventually he became a slave. And then, uh, according to the film, uh, he was sent to the mines in Libya, terrible mines there uh, to you know, be a miner, a slave miner. But then um, the, the movie has Matthias played really beautifully played by uh, Peter Usinov, uh, choosing Spartacus to go to his gladiator school and become a gladiator. So he takes them there and forces them to uh, <clears throat> kill other men. And this is part of the to me, horrific part of Rome that they uh, turned killing people into public events, just like our football and basketball games and now the Olympic Games, which are going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the ancient Greeks created the Olympic Games, and the Olympic Games um, didn't involve killing anybody. They just involved people doing their best in an athletic contest, and that's still going on today, which is fantastic. But anyhow, the gladiator... Um, uh, aspect of Rome was very cruel. And uh, Trumbo and the director, Stanley Kubrick, who was brilliant, uh, you know, he, his direction of the movie looks contemporary still today, even though the movie's like, you know, 50 years old or whatever it is, you know, 1960, I think. Um, <clears throat> because he had, you know, lots of close ups and stuff like that. Whereas other, uh, you know, Sword and Sandals at the time, the Ten Commandments, Ben-Hur and stuff, didn't have so many close-ups. Uh, so Kubrick was just a brilliant director. Uh, and the, you know, plot is that uh, Spartacus uh, is forced to kill people, and he doesn't want to. And he thinks what the Romans are doing is terrible. And he gets the other gladiators at the gladiator school at Capua, which is a city, I think it's 120 miles from Rome or something, but it's like on the coast. Um, And uh, they pick up, you know, uh, knives and uh, meat carving tools and stuff like that and attack the guards at the uh, gladiator school, overcome them. And then Spartacus goes about freeing slaves from uh, plantations in the area, and, and he keeps building a, an army. Okay, let's hold up right yeah. there. Let's go back a little bit. 
And let's also talk about what we know about the historical Spartacus. So for the movie, Spartacus is Thracian. We know that's also, that was true from the from Plutarch and from the other writers. So Spartacus is Thracian. Thrace is in an area that is now around Macedonia and Bulgaria. Um, so north of Greece, Central Europe. Uh, well, it's the northernmost. Uh, well, Eastern Europe. Eastern no, Europe. No, it's northeastern Greece. It, it, it's at yes. the top of the Aegean Sea. So the area that he's from is there also, but also extends. So he's from there. Um, so what you have is that's the setting. We know that's historically true. Then in the film, he is he's enslaved. And we can talk about what some of the differences are from what we know in the, the histories or we're told in the histories in the film he's enslaved. He was born a slave in the film, right? And he is well. He wasn't born uh, a slave in Corinth. I recently saw resaw a, a 2010 uh, hour-long documentary in Spartacus: The Real Story. Right. right. No, I'm ta- I'm talking about. I know I'm it was on the to, History Channel, to, and uh, according to them, I'm it was to, Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm giving you, I'm giving the listener this, the movie. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about the history. So in the movie, he's born a slave. Yes. He's Thracian and born a slave. Okay. In the movie, he's Thracian and born a slave. He is a rambunctious, he is not, he's, he's defiant. Okay. He's a defiant slave. And he is going to be punished when uh, Petitus comes by, who is a slave, who is a gladiator school owner. Okay. Uh, and he see he's looking for new talent in the uh, yeah, among the slaves, and he sees Spartacus decides that he's you know got something, brings him with him, brings him to his gladiator school. They train. A series of events occur. One of which is that Spartacus falls in love with a female slave, Verinia. Uh, now played by Jean Simmons. By Jean Simmons, a wonderful actress, beautiful and wonderful actress. Um, and that is actually in the movie, that is the impetus for his, his moment when he decides to say, no, I'm not going to accept this because one of the overseers who had once been a slave and had once been a gladiator is really going at it with him about it. Slaves revolt. And then, like you say, they start this campaign of um, gathering other slaves and and essentially for the movie the goal for them is just to get to the sea so they can get to ships and get to well eventually but, but somewhere don't, else yeah don't forget that Spartacus created an army of thousands right that's and, what I said so he's and, gathering and initially in the, in the, in the, initially in the he, he took everybody up to the top of Mount Vesuvius a volcano that buried Pompeii in 79 AD he, he initially went up there the Romans sent a cohort and they were overconfident that these were just gladiators. It's no big deal. And they made camp. And they were fools because Spartacus attacked the camp at night and killed all of them. You know, <laughs> which and that, and that happens in the film in a great Well, scene, it happened so. in reality, too. And the thing right, is, I wanna, I'm trying to let's make sure the listener knows the difference. I'm just trying to make keep the two separate. So in reality, that happens. And so in the film, we got that also occurring. We've got a scene where he is encamped. He gets the information of the Romans and then boom. Because I want to talk to you about the real Spartacus so we can kind of look at, to me, what makes this film special compared to when we talked about Troy. Uh, This film, Trumbo makes a story out of very little information. He makes an incredible story 
while he still keeps the essentially important elements about Spartacus. Well, he has a double. That's what I think is magical. Yeah, magical. He has a double plot. Uh, One of Spartacus trying to free the slaves throughout uh, the Roman, you know, Italy. Uh, The other is the power struggle between Crassus, beautifully played by uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier, and um, and and Pompey and Lucullus, and uh, in the movie they have the young, as you mentioned earlier, the young Julius Caesar, played by John Gavin, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, and he actually says to John Gavin, "You're ambitious, my boy. You're ambitious." You know. Um, yeah, he uh, Crassus, played by Olivier, says uh, at one point. Uh, he he alludes to the fact that Caesar will eventually be this this uh, challenger to power yeah. in Rome. Yeah, it's so really he sees him as a rival already. And then you have <clears throat> within that subplot, you have Charles Lawton who plays this rich uh, plebeian. You know, he's not a uh, he's not the aristocrat. You know, of, of uh, Lawrence Olivier. Lawrence Olivier looks down on him. And um, <clears throat> Charles Lawton can't stand them, and uh, so they have a rivalry. Uh, and so, so the so the setup. So you've got that setup that Trumbo is bringing up. So let's just well, it makes it a complex and very interesting film. Absolutely, absolutely. So the 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 movie story, like you've just talked about, is got these that double plot. It's got Spartacus trying to just get his, sla- his his slave army to freedom, trying to free as many people as he can on his way out, essentially. It's the way it kind of is, is written in the story. And it also has the, a beautiful, sub, I think also a beautiful love story in it. It's a really well, it is. Done. And the music, by the way, I, I have the album, which is Mint Condition. It looks brand new. And uh, multi-page, uh, you know, big uh, vinyl disc. And the music was by Alex North. It's just absolutely beautiful. And the love theme of Spartacus and Brenia is very beautiful. Uh, it's an incredible, it's a great beautiful, theme. very real. And uh, and I want to mention, even the credit sequence was done by the, the brilliant Saul Bass. And uh, he shows a series of, of real ancient Roman heads. The Romans were wonderful sculptors. And mm-hmm. uh, he shows a series of them while the music is playing. And then finally... They arrive at one head, which is not an ancient head, but they make it look like one. And then they have it cracking apart to symbolize the corruption and the fall of Rome. It's just a, which it's is, the greatest credit sequence ever done for a sword and sandal movie. Saul Bass is fantastic. So, okay, we'll, we'll swing back around to that. So looking at the story, so we've got this great story. There's a great love story. There's a great political intrigue story. There's a great story of freedom. They're all really weaved together well. And one of the things that stands out for me about the story, so you have, and we'll, let's, I really do want to uh, put this in relief against the historical Spartacus, because again, what Trumbo did was really create this work from, from a lot of his own creativity and make something really amazing using this, this template of what really happened. So in this story, you have now this great... Um, this great rush to freedom and this, and I want to point out something about the love scene because we talked about Troy a couple of episodes ago, the movie. And I talked about how I thought, you know, the, um, the, the relationship between Achilles and uh, his love save, is it Briseis? Yeah. Briseis Um, or Briseis. Briseis. Yes. So was incredibly contrived and overwrought. Yeah, it was overwrought. Glorification. 
Well, and also it was it was untrue to the story, and it was a glorification in my eyes. Yeah, but there's there's the, there's untrue elements in Spartacus. I got to be honest, because well, no, no, but I'm trying to make make a point on this. Yeah. So what happens with the the love story is that with what I think is important, the thing about Spartacus is not just the story, but that it's taking place at the time and written by a guy who's who's uh, a house in American affairs activities. He was being he had been persecuted by it. And so it is the it's it's the celebration of the man who fights for his freedom, well, it, the woman who fights for his freedom. It was a celebration so of, just, of freedom that Dalton Trumbull wanted freedom to express his own thoughts. Absolutely. But just just to finish the point. Yeah. So what happens with Troy is Troy strikes me as Brad Pitt's character is a celebration in the modern world of the power of how we should bow to the powerful man. He is the great the 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 big jerk fighter of of that era. Uh, Achilles, not Brad Pitt, the person, but Achilles. And so. By making him, by trying to make it as if he's really this great romance here, it's almost saying, yeah, these kind of oppressor, destroyer, killer types might be like that, but there's, you know, you should like them. There's there's a real soft space. Whereas with Kirk Douglas's character and his relationship, Spartacus with Verinia, you're you're looking at the common man, the man fighting for his truth. Well, and he right. shows her ultimately yeah. respect because the scene in the movie, yes. she's brought in, uh, you know, she's like a sex slave and she's brought in to have sex with Spartacus as a gladiator to, you know, prime him to be killing people. And he mm-hmm. refuses to do it. He shows and her that's, respect. Again, it's a per- that's why I say it's a great parallel. Because that, that's why Achilles, she does him because he, he has that, Respect, but I, I want to mention that uh, the real Spartacus, uh, they sent legion after legion of their best soldiers to defeat Spartacus. Time and again, he defeated them. It's just amazing that he created a ragtag army, but he was such a brilliant commander that he destroyed the best of ancient Rome, and, and Rome had the best army in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. And so well, he, well, the intent was to march up and cross the Alps. That's what uh, Spartacus wanted to do and free all of his people. But his men got overconfident because they've been killing Romans and they wanted to go south. And so they turned back southward and they went way down. And this was a big mistake to the tip of Italy, just opposite Sicily. And uh, and then they tried to make a, uh, Spartacus tried to make a deal with these Sicilian pirates and the, and the pirates betrayed him. They didn't come to pick him up to take him over to Sicily. And so he was stuck down there. And by this time, Crassus took power. And, you know, the Senate gave him the power to, with these other generals, Lucullus and Pompey, to go down. And so they brought in all their legions from Spain and North Africa and everything. And they actually built a wall across uh, that part of Italy to keep Spartacus, you know, uh, locked up, so to speak. Spartacus broke through that, uh, but they had a later encounter, uh, which is shown beautifully in the movie, and Spartacus was defeated. So in the movie, Spartacus is captured alive, and they have that famous sequence where uh, he's captured with about a thousand other men or something like this, and or a few hundred, whatever, hundreds or whatever they were. <clears throat> and uh, and Crassus says, you know, if you identify the man as Spartacus, I won't crucify the rest of you. 
And so Kirk Douglas starts to, starts to get up, you know, again, sacrificing himself for his people. And, and uh, one of his, <clears throat> his cohorts jumps up before him and says, I am Spartacus. And then they all stand up and say, I am Spartacus. It's a very emotional, moving part of the movie. And you see Kirk Douglas having a tear in his eye because of their love for him. And it's, so in the movie, um, mm-hmm. uh, Crassus crucifies uh, Spartacus. And uh, then there's a moving scene where Verenia, who has a baby by then, by Spartacus, meets him on the cross. And Spartacus can't even talk. He's in so much pain. And then uh, she says, I'm going to take him to freedom. And uh, so Charles Lawton got Batidas to take her to freedom in the movie and stuff like that. But in real life, as I found out from this documentary on the History Channel, uh, Spartacus killed several centurions until he was hacked to death in the last battle by the Romans. But then I guess the gladiators took his body away because um, the Romans never found his body. And it haunted the Romans. They thought, can Spartacus come back to life and destroy us again or whatever? So I think that's a very interesting true story, uh, to the you know, true aspect to the story. Okay, so there's a couple of things. Let's let's work our way back around. So with the love scene of Spartacus and Verinia, um, the idea that Verinia stood up for her own dignity, her own freedom, again, another great way we're talking about in this context of Trumbo showing the oppressed standing up for itself. It's a film about the, the it's again, it's the beginning of the civil rights era is also happening at that time. Yeah. So it's a film about people standing up for their own freedom. <clears throat> for freedom. So you've got that. The <clears throat> second thing you've got is there are, there is some question historically as to what Spartacus's motives, motives were. There is the question of, the, many believe that it wasn't that Spartacus wanted to go back and, and you know fight all the things, but there was a split between Spartacus and Crixus because the idea is that maybe the Romans have misinterpreted some aspects of it. Thinking well, Crixus that, was um, uh, leader of the Germans, right? So, just so <clears throat> and the Germans, so, by so, the way, uh, thirty thousand of them broke away from Spartacus's army. Uh, and they, uh, this is the real history part of it. And they marched. Yeah, no, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to get they, to. Yeah, they marched northward in Italy, and the Romans caught up with them, and they killed all 30,000 of them. Well, that's the thing I wanted to say, because you were talking about how they had gone back down south. But part of the reason some historians think that may have happened was because of this split with Crixus. The feeling is that Spartacus may have actually been trying to help and trying to go and support Crixus, even though. That's not where he wanted to take the battle. So he ended up in a less than advantageous situation because of that. So well, there's well, some Spartacus questions. Spartacus wanted to take all his people beyond the Alps, but his own men didn't want to. That's you know, Yeah, yeah, they, exactly. They forced, him, so, so, they forced him to go back southward. So it wasn't his choice. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's important. I want the listener to understand that because the, the interesting thing about Spartacus is we don't have a lot of information. What we do have, of course, is told by Romans, who's the victor's right. But even though Spartacus right. lost, ultimately, to me, he's a great hero of history. Just like oh, I've, been celebrating, I've been celebrating another hero of history that nobody knows about, Toy Perina, who led a revolt right here in the San Gabriel oh. Valley against the Spanish Empire, because the Spanish Empire enslaved them like the Romans enslaved everybody else, you know, in the ancient empire they had. 
And uh, so uh, we actually yeah. we a- yeah. actually say in the book, you know, Spartacus, Joan of Arc, and uh, Toy Perina, all all of their revolts failed, but they're still heroes. Absolutely. One, I just to further go a little bit more about Spartacus the, and about the movie because I think it's as we talk more about it, what what comes to me is the idea that this movie has an importance beyond just. The fact that it does, you know, just in terms of the filmmaking, you've got Stanley Kubrick, who makes, who's one of the all-time greatest filmmakers. Um, You have Dalton Trimble, one of the greatest screenwriters. You have Kirk Douglas, uh, one of the greatest movie stars, and Laurence Olivier, one of the greatest movie actors, just purely as an actor, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, A lot of really gifted people. But, so the film is done well. It, It looks very real and you know we're modern we don't know exactly it still holds up but it's close to what we look at the ancient world what we've seen it it gives you a feel it makes the modern person feel well, the that we're actually are, looking at the ancient world the costumes are very accurate it was actually filmed here in Southern california and the, the uh, part in the libyan desert was filmed in death valley apparently it's hotter than hell and the cast really suffered on that one but the rest of it was Filmed, you know, in Burbank Studios and whatever at the time, but they really made it look like ancient Rome. They really did. Well, they also filmed in Spain. They also filmed. Oh, yeah, they the, filmed the final battle scene in Spain. Battle and, scenes in Spain. And yeah. for that, they they recruited eight thousand Spanish soldiers and they put them in ancient uh, costumes for the battle. The great. They, this film was made before CGI and everything. So when you see thousands of men fighting each other, there are thousands of men fighting each other. So. And and apparently. Um, Kubrick was such so much a perfectionist that even the way people were in a particular shot where their body was positioned, he would work and redo the shot exactly to look like that. But with all of that, to me, to the most important thing, I, I, again, I don't think we quite put a fine point on the difference between the history and the, and the movie. So let me just very quickly summarize. We have some uh, an overall sketch of Spartacus, his battle, his war. We don't have a lot about his biography. We have some ideas. There's some beliefs that maybe he might have been a mercenary who was then enslaved. And that's how he knew battle tactics so well. There are a number of different things, but we do know that that slave revolt did happen. It was a power, you know, for all the sources attest to it. Uh, it it shook Rome because it was the absolutely the press Rome rising was based up on to it. slavery. Yeah, yeah. As were you know, as was Greece. As were a lot of these ancient. As were most ancient civilization sadly um so you know they treated, they treated the slaves terribly they recently found a another villa in a big villa in rome with a view of the forum and they found underground the slave quarters for you know two at least 200 slaves and they forced them to live in these terrible you know pits underneath the uh, the beautiful villa no, it's awful. So you have this story. We have the sketch of the man who leads a slave uprising, who's the part, who's the the main force in it, who tries to bring the slaves to freedom and gather as many as he can to get them out. Ultimately, he's defeated um, by a lot of different factors, but he he incredibly violently fought, and that story has resonated. And then it's picked up in nineteen late fifties, nineteen sixty, when the film comes out. And Dalton Trumbo takes it and he brings the elements. He makes it a film that resonates, obviously still today, but resonates because 
He's touching upon the civil rights era. He's well, he, he creates a better story than how, McCarthyism. The, you know, the movie is based on a book by Howard Fast. And mm-hmm. actually, Trumbo's script is better than the book, in my opinion. Right. So he's, but the thing I want to, would like to leave the listener with is that this, this is a story of courage and liberty and freedom, a story that is about the human spirit's desire, quest to have its own autonomy, its own well, freedom. People are fighting. And there's a beautiful love story in the middle of it as well. well people, beautiful love story well, as well. People are fighting for freedom of the day in America because there's attempts to have voter suppression. There's some like 400 bills around the country to create voter suppression, keep people from exercising their freedom, and that's got to be defeated. We, we still have the battle for freedom going on today in America. Absolutely. I remember at one point uh, a couple of years ago, it might have been 2019 uh, or 2018, a U.S. senator invoked Spartacus as well as he was standing up for what he felt was right against the presidency. He invoked the, he called it a Spartacus moment that we needed to stand up. So Spartacus still resonates. The film is still powerful and wonderful. I, I really invite you all to watch it. Um, get the 4K version, by the way. I noticed that when I was renting, there was they restored it and there were still some issues with additional restoration. So in 2015, they did a final, not a final, but they did the most recent 4K restoration. It's beautiful. It's beautifully shot. The color in that era, I always loved the way the film um, the, the film stock that they yeah, I think used. it was Technicolor, um, which was really great. Yeah, yeah Kodachrome. There's all these this different of uh, this particular film stock. I may not, I may not be saying the right one, but it's an incredibly beautiful, rich, lush looking film, well acted, well preserved, and and just really well done. So with that, I would like to thank, as always, Dr. Gary Stickle. Thank you. It was great talking about that, my favorite Sword and Sandal film. We had an epic, epic, uh, that's, that's the swords for you. We had an epic discussion about Spartacus. Thank you all for listening. This has been the 34 Circe Salon, The Parallax. We are doing classical world at the movies, classical world in Hollywood. And today we have discussed Spartacus, the real gem of such films. So thank you all for listening. I'm Sean Marlon Newcomb and talk soon. Take care.